0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: It's time to drop the puck. Time for the Nightcap. Your home for news and insider info on your Vegas Golden Knights and the NHL. Let's hear from the goalie. Here's Lindsey Brown.
0: Welcome, welcome to another installment of the Nightcap. We appreciate you choosing to talk some Golden Knights hockey tonight with us via the CBS Sports Radio 1140 app or streaming on, well, I just said that, streaming on the radio.com app. I literally just said that. Great start, my friends. Great start. Great start. Uh, my name is Lindsey Brown, your host always and forever, and I'm joined by my two trusty sidekicks, as always, here in the Nightcap, at least for this week and maybe next week. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to ask the boss. Uh, Ryan Quigley and Ben Goats. It's us again. We're back. We're back. They keep letting us do it. Lindsay will give you a pass.
1: It's Monday. Yes, thank you. And I mean, you know, sometimes you just on Mondays, you're just, you know, not all there. I'm never there, ever. Yes, so, it's I mean, rare
0: that we're ever anywhere.
2: Yeah. I don't even know what days are, so... No, Well, no. it's the
0: middle of the hockey season. It's this honestly what, a this,
1: miracle I know what day it is.
0: This is what really. happens when you're really in the meat of the of the NHL schedule, because yeah. we just, at this point, days don't matter. It's just, do they have practice or a game? Are they traveling today? Where where yeah. where are they going to be? And the Knights just had practice today, because last night, they got their butts beat, that will New be a Yeah,
1: What a strange game was. is.
0: Five nothing. Five nothing they lost to the New York Rangers after literally facing them a week before and beating them four to one in mass in Square Garden.
1: Hockey's weird. It is it very is strange. Weird. What a strange game. It really is. Really it is when you think it I mean the the twigs the gloves. All right. Existential. So Steve. many things about it. You know? yeah, all right.
0: <laughs> you know, we're skating on these these butter knives and then we're chasing this yeah. rubber ball that's cut in half. Weirdly, it's odd. Yeah, I don't think I was dealing with the top brass. Yeah, you're not. You are not wrong there. You are not wrong there. So let's talk a little bit about that game last night because it is our most recent one in memory. And it was honestly the first 10 minutes of the game, Ben. You and I were there. Brian, I, I, you were watching on TV. I'm sure. Yes. Um, The first 10 minutes of the game was were pretty solid. I thought that the Knights... Had really good offensive pressure, sustained. Uh, 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 or they they got they threw a lot of pucks on net. They pressured the hell out of the Rangers and in the Rangers defensive zone. And then what happened, Ben?
2: Yeah, they just (laughs) it just all went away. It was crazy. I'll actually give them the first period and the first like almost thirty minutes of the game for the Knights. For the most part, was pretty good. But once the goals started coming for the Rangers, the Knights just. Couldn't find a way to respond. It's so like halfway through the first period, you let Artemi Panarin, the bread man, walk down the circle and then get a really good look at Malcolm Subban. And of course, he scores because he gets paid about $11 million a season to do that. How to not beat the Rangers? Not great. Let and then Panarin
1: do that. The, Open space. the Knights go yeah.
2: the next shift, the Rangers come right back and score because Shea Theodore tried to slash Chris Kreider's stick yeah. and then instead, instead of playing defense. his own. It was a weird... Bl- I'm not sure what Theodore was trying to do with the preventative slash there, but it didn't work. It backfired in like the worst way possible because then Crider's open for a tap-in because Theodore doesn't have a stick. And then all of a sudden, the Knights are staring at a 2 nothing deficit in a game where, to that point, and for the rest of the period, the first period, they dominated, and they just couldn't get themselves out of that funk uh, after that. I mean, they had a little bit of a push in the beginning of the second period. Then Ryan Reeves gets called for a four-minute high-sticking minor, the Rangers get a power play goal and just, like, any air that was left in the balloon at that point was just gone. Right, yeah.
1: It's honestly... I was re-watching the game, and it, it was honestly hilarious. Just the fact that they didn't finish the first period leading... 5 to nothing. Like the, the final score is 5 nothing Rangers. They probably could have been ahead 5 nothing after the first period yeah. just because they had so many chances, so many good looks. Riley Smith, Alex Tuck, Nosek, uh Carrier. I mean, I can't even name everybody who had a solid chance in that first period and then Georgiev just decided to be uh his his uh I guess mentor Henrik Lundqvist for a game.
0: Yeah, and that's one of the things that the Knights have really struggled with is that if they don't get a goal early, no matter how much they're pressing, they have a really tough time generating their own confidence organically without that positive reinforcement of getting points on the board. And that's why those goals that were in the first period that were 14 seconds seconds apart, which is unforgivable in my mind, uh, to, to get scored on and then give up one right away, uh, it just says a lot about where your head is at and and your mindset about where the game is going. Um, but the game was over for me in the first period. And they may have, came, I agree with you, but I think that they played relatively well. But the problem is, is that I never had the feeling that they were going to come back. I never felt like, yeah, the Knights are going to come back and win this game. Because this season, if they trail after one period, they're 8 Yeah. If they're trailing after two periods, they're 2-10-1. And granted, most teams struggle with coming back into a game if they're not, if if they're down. But if you're an elite team, if you're going to be a contending team, you have to be able to fight back in games better than a 2-8-0 record after one after 20 minutes of play into your game.
1: This isn't the inaugural season yes, of Vegas Golden Knights. Exactly. Like, Vegas Golden Knights in, in the 2017-18 season, you know that they're if they're down, they're probably going to make some sort of miraculous third period comeback and, you know, Put together a really nice rally at the end to win the game, and then uh, this season, I mean, and it, it was a little bit last season too, where the, you just mm-hmm. didn't see it quite as much. Um, and I, I, that's just something you can't really you can't really plan for it, and it's hard to coach that type of thing. But I mean, you do have to have that confidence, and maybe they're just being unlucky. Maybe there was maybe there was just a ton of luck their inaugural season, which to me, I do think there was some luck involved, but sure. there was also plenty of skill and calculations in there as well. So, sure. I mean, it's, it's a weird thing to, you know, predict.
2: Yeah, I just think the th- difference from the first two seasons is just they got ahead early. I mean, they scored yeah. uh, 24 times they got the first goal at home out of 41 games last season. It was 25 <laughs> in year one. Right now, it's 8-8. Eight eight. It's 50-50 whether they get that first goal. Mm-hmm. And their record when they get that first goal is great. The record when they don't get that first goal... Is awful and it just feels that simple right now for this team is if they get that first goal they get the crowd into it and then they feel good about themselves because they're getting that feedback from the crowd they can roll and when they don't it's really hard as you said lindsay for them to like organically generate their own momentum of the on the bench of like hey we got this we can stay in this and like i said especially it feels like when this team wants to fall off a cliff they can fall off a cliff. And that happened last night when they went down three was just like,
0: right. They have we, no bite,
2: right. They were not fighting back. Like two nothing. I felt there was at least a little bit like, all right, like it's two nothing. They played really well. They could probably come out with a push in the second and make this a hockey game. And then the Rangers got a power play goal. And then just, it was it. It that was it. literally and, it.
0: And that's the thing too. And honestly, I think they were a little bit lucky to get out of the first period, only down two nothing. Cause they, the Rangers had a couple of other uh, quality chances and, That's not saying the Knights didn't, but the way the things were going in that game and the way that they continue to go in games of that nature is that you're like, by all means, Golden Knights, keep shelling their goaltender because at this point you're just flaming the, or you're, f- you're f- flaming the fire, fanning, the flames. <laughs> fanning, fanning yeah. the flames just on fire. But my in-game notes, like literally after those goals are scored, I'm like, they became passengers. Passing went straight to hell. Their, tape-to-tape passing is such an indicator uh, of confidence for players. And right after that, you, they couldn't make breakouts. Everything was off the glass or just bouncing pucks in, in the weird neutral zone. They're... Decision, the, the ill-timed. Mostly, they were they were making them either too late or getting too quick to pass. You know, when it's like hot potato, you are like, uh, I am not playing well, so you take it. Lots of that as well. So it, it's just it's concerning, and and especially against a team, uh, the, and uh, against a team that takes a lot of penalties, that has a really bad penalty kill in the New York Rangers, and you go over on that on top of it as yeah. well. Like you can't. The Golden Knights have a very good power play. Mm-hmm. You got to convert at at least one. Honestly, it
1: should be better. It should be better with all the plays, with all the pieces they have. It needs to be better. Yeah,
0: the Rangers are in the bottom third of the league. Mm -hmm. Come on. And you're at home. It's just there, there were too many things for them to just get any sort of momentum going uh, after, after that first period. And even Coach Galan himself, I mean, we don't have the direct quote in front of us here, but he, he said last night in his, in his press conference, I didn't really like the, the final 30 minutes. He yeah. goes, I think that they really stopped working. I think that they stopped winning 50 50 battles. They weren't beating anybody to pucks. And that was the story of the game. And, that's not good. It's not good to be relegated into that position and not be able to get yourself out of it.
2: Especially when it's happened in a couple different home games now. Like They were not competitive for pucks in the Oilers game when they lost 42. I mean, they just overall have not been very good at home this season. And that's been, I think, the most shocking thing about this team so far this year. They're 7-6-3 at home. I mean, they've been dominant at T-Mobile Rita the first two that was seasons. The,
0: that was a large part of the narrative of, of success that they had the in their first season. The Vegas se- flu. Exactly. The Vegas
2: flu. Someone might have written about the Vegas flu and whether it's still a thing in tomorrow's review journal. So pick up a paper. Well, Thank you. Oh,
0: look at well, that. What a good cliff well, Shameless. My <laughs> goodness. Just seamless transition right into the plug. I, I'm here for it, though. Where can we find your stuff, Ryan, now that Ben's already said his, you can, his find my, you
1: can find me on Twitter at RP underscore Quigs, and then you can also find some of my work uh, covering the Minnesota Wild. Uh, two Minnesotans in the in the studio here yes. with me, obviously. Um at Hockey Wilderness um on Twitter.
0: Excellent. So, yeah. Excellent. Now they play tomorrow night. They're going to be facing off against the Chicago Black Blackhawks for the third time this season. And they've seen they've seen them once at home and once on the road and they barely eked out a win when they beat them in the United Center early, early in the season and they obviously lost to them when uh when Chicago visited here last and I think other than just playing better, the biggest storyline uh, for tomorrow is whether or not we will see Mark andre Fleury returning back mm-hmm. to the net uh, in between the pipes because obviously he's been away. His father passed away uh, a couple days before Thanksgiving and uh, returned to the team uh, th- their last game of the road trip and was in... I it, It's looked from practice today, Ben. You were there as well. It looks like he's playing tomorrow.
2: I wouldn't be shocked. I just think at some point, obviously, you need to get Fleury back in the game, back in a rhythm. Malcolm Subban... You know, not playing great yesterday kind of opens the door for you because Mm -hmm. Coach Gerard uh, Glant talked about before yesterday's game of we don't think it's fair to Mark to put him in at that point because he only had one full practice with the team. And as Glant said, the other guy's been playing great. To that point, Malcolm Subban was really on a roll. He was really on a heater, so it was almost not fair to Subban, too, to yank him when he was finally playing well. Well, now Subban has, you know wasn't all his fault because a lot of those uh, looks that the Rangers scored on were really tight into the net or ah, good, good looks for the Rangers. But it still is kind of a mediocre performance for him, so it opens the door potentially to get Marc-Andre Fleury back in there. He's obviously been now skating with the team at home for the past couple days. So physically, Jargalant said today he looks ready. Now the question is, when they talk to him tomorrow morning, is he mentally going to be in that space where he's ready to play hockey again?
0: Yeah, it's definitely going to be the biggest storyline going into that game. And based off of what the interactions I saw at practice this morning, it seems like he's going to play. That has not been confirmed officially yet. Uh, That would probably come around uh, pregame skate tomorrow morning. But we need to take our first intermission of the show tonight. Uh, Ryan, Ben, and I will take a deeper look on the other side of the break. Uh, A deeper look at concussions because we've had a couple of players on the Golden Knights sustain those. And we're going to just get a little bit more personal outside of upper body injury. You know what I mean? Well, this is the Nightcap, uh, streaming live on the Radio.com app and on CBS Sports Radio, 1140 AM. Way better than the best of all, and even though they focus on just the flaws, it's still going to nally the festivals.
1: CBS Sports Radio. Sending you off to the naughty chair. It's the Nightcap on CBS Sports Radio, 1140
0: Hey, how are ya? And welcome back to the Nightcap. As we kick off the second portion of the show, I would like to remind you that it's super, super easy to listen back to this very show, like the last segment we just did, or any past episode, any future episode of any Nightcap or hockey-related things in general. uh, You can subscribe to uh, the Nightcap, and you have to search... The Nightcap on Apple Podcasts and on the Radio.com app. Make sure that you hit that little purple subscribe if you're doing it on Apple or that little heart in the upper left-hand corner if you should... Find that on radio, on the radio.com app. My name is Lindsey Brown, your host always and forever. You can follow me on Twitter at LindseyBrown35. That's L-I-N-D-S-E-Y because that's the correct way to spell the name. Brown like the color and then the numerical value of 35. And I'm joined by my two trusty sidekicks here tonight. Ben Goetz of the Las Vegas Review Journal. Hey, hey. Hello. Where can we find your Twitter things?
2: I am at Ben S. Goats, G-O-T-Z on Twitter.
0: Excellente. And Ryan Quigley. Salutations, folks. <laughs> Greetings. Greetings. Greetings, Mary Top Poppins. of the morning to you. Top of the morning to you. Where can we find all of your great stuff and social media handles?
1: Find me on Twitter at RP underscore Quigs. And then find my work. I cover the Minnesota Wild at Minnesota. Er, Jesus.
0: Uh, <laughs> I'm forgetting.
1: my <laughs> It's Monday, guys. I'm telling you. Hockey Wilderness at Hockey Wilderness with one S. I'm one right. S. Yes.
0: All right. You're Don't good. Worry. Well, I have
1: tons more ideas. Yes. We do. do have tons so more ideas. ideas. And one, all of, of them bad.
0: All of them, all of them bad. Uh, before we went and took a little bit of a break, we, we previewed that we were going to talk about concussions because two members of the Golden Knights have sustained concussions or at least upper body injuries that looked like they were directed towards the head. Uh, both of them named Cody. Weirdly enough. Crazy. Crazy enough. uh, If you forgot, Cody Eakin has been missing from the Vegas Golden Knights lineup since they played Arizona on the 29th of November when he took, honestly, a really bad elbow from Brad Richardson. And honestly, Brad should have been fined and or suspended because it was a pretty pretty malicious hit. And I'd be concerned uh, outside of, you know, the... Normal just concussion thing with, with Cody Eakin, just because it it was from, from the angle, from the, from the part of the head that it met, it could be there could be a, a very long-term uh, issue with Cody Egan. Yeah, they last... labeled
2: him week-to-week, week, which is week interesting to me, because obviously with concussions, and we'll get into this, you don't really have a timeline. The fact that they gave him a timeline right away was right. interesting to me. Yes,
0: yeah. yes, absolutely. And then last night, the other Cody, Cody Glass, a rookie on on the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, caught an elbow up high from New York Ranger Brendan Lemieux. Uh, Lemieux, it was, it was released today that Lemieux was fined $2,000 for the hit. And in my opinion, guys... I don't really think he should have been fined.
1: I don't think so either. I don't think
0: that hit on Cody Glass last night was malicious. No, no, no.
1: I I know he has a reputation, and that's Mm -hmm. honestly probably why he was fined. Yes. Any other player? I mean, I don't think he gets a fine. But, I mean, yeah, you could say he – we were talking about this a little bit before during the break. Like, he went into it kind of loose, but you know what? I, I just don't see it being an intentionally dirty act.
2: I don't either, but I still am okay with the fine because I just don't like the hit. Uh, Right. But Lemieux talked after the game. He was trying to make a hockey play in my counter that was like, what hockey play are you trying to make there? I'm not quite sure what he was trying to accomplish going to the corner there with Cody Glass. So that was my one thing of like, I think that was a completely avoidable hit. Didn't necessarily need to happen. Obviously, I don't think Lemieux was intentionally trying to elbow Cody Glass in the back of the head, but... As uh, Knights coach Jar Glant said today, "Hey, you're responsible for your stick when it hits someone, and you don't mean it to, so you have to be responsible for your elbow when it hits someone in a way you don't mean to." So yeah. that's an I, absolutely I, I I valid okay point.
0: That's uh, yeah. absolutely valid. And what you kind of meant uh, what, earlier, uh, Ryan, when you said we went into uh, into the hit kind of loose, you were referring to Lemieux in terms of he was going at Cody Glass, and he was already kind of rotating when he was going into that hit. Yeah,
1: and his arm was just kind of flailing, and right. it got it caught Cody right in the uh, right. right in the helmet. It kind of the, bumped other back to back.
0: Yeah, yeah. very it's weird strange. looking. Yeah. And it's you also have to look at this too. Like we see a lot of these clips replayed on social media, a lot of them are in slow motion. So slow motion right. cameras exactly. have a tendency to make things look a little more impactful than it than than they actually were. And that's not saying that Cody Glass did not get a. a a ding in the head last night because he needed to be helped off the ice. Mm -hmm. It was clear that he had suffered some sort of head trauma, but it doesn't take much. And that's one of those uh, misconceptions about concussions. You're like, well, it's a really big hit, right? Well, no, it doesn't necessarily have to be a big hit. It could be a hit like uh, last night's against Cody glass because he absorbed that initial contact, that initial inertia from the hit. But once you have that initial flinch, that's when the elbow came through and you just can't double, flinch to prepare for that, not that he had any reason to expect it or or the vision to see it. Yeah. But that puts you, your body in a very compromised position because you've already flexed up, your muscles are already tight, that means they're already starting to let loose a little bit, then that extra little bit hits the head, that means you're not working with the same reflexes or the same uh, I don't want to say like defense against concussions, but if if you see a hit coming, it's a lot. It, you'll absorb absorb a lot more of that of that uh, energy than you would if you didn't see it coming exactly. at all. You know what I mean? Yep. And that's why I really wanted to talk about concussions, because we it's so important. It's so pre- prevalent in, in hockey and in sports and just in the national conversation in general, because we know so little about head trauma, about how. Head trauma affects your brain going forward. And as someone who's sustained four diagnosed concussions myself over the course of my career, it's something that I think about on the daily, as Fergie would say. Um, So without really getting too crazy about this, what I'm worried about with the concussion protocol in the NHL is that it's not consistently... Used did you guys see that story about Brad Marchand a couple yes, weeks ago? Yes, yes. Where he clearly, clearly took a really bad. El- he was coming down uh, the half wall, so right against the boards, and he was he basically met another player's elbow with his face, and it was full force. It wasn't a hit; it was just weirdly that those were the two points of contact when he was pinching down. And he was eyes are are closed. He was disoriented. He kind of wandered off the ice. Found himself back on the ice a couple minutes later. Yeah unacceptable right
2: yeah well because it was his i mean it was his fault like he argued to get back, put back on the ice and he right. later apologized basically saying like hey like spotters and like our training staff has a job to do and you know basically i was working really hard to not let them do their job because yeah. he was finding it back on the ice and that's also a mentality that is prevalent i think not just in hockey but a lot of sports of like right. you know the, this,
1: sorry to interrupt you. Ben. Go for it. The spotters do, do not have an easy job. Either. No. Because like when they say like, hey, we just saw you take a kind of a decent blow to the head. We want you to come off. They're getting just destroyed by these players. They're right. like, dude, I'm not coming out. Are you kidding me? Like, right. we're in, I mean, this is a game here. And like sometimes you have to fight that battle. And it's not easy, it's not fun, but I mean, you know, it's not as easy as them just saying like, hey, yeah, you have to come off the ice now. Like, right,
0: and it's it's the thing, it's the protocol because when the spotters see something, they have to take that player off of the bench in the back to go into a dark room for a right. period of time because you need to have a period of time where you have no lights, no noise. These are all things that could basically delay concussion symptoms from showing up because oftentimes, unless you're knocked out, which you don't need to be knocked out to get a, get a concussion. I was never fully knocked out when I sustained any of mine, mm. um, but... You need, uh, your brain needs a, a time to basically reset and just kind of see where it's at. Because as your adrenaline's going, as, as you're focusing on other things, it's really easy for you to go in adrenaline mode and just survival mode. That's the whole, that's the whole bit. So by taking them back into the dark room, you're obviously going to miss some shifts. And there have been, uh, instances in where people are taken back and they're allowed to come back because they're fine. Yeah. But there are other teams that have purposefully tried to target some, some guys without fully hitting them with the intention of getting them out of the game, at least for a few shifts, just to see if they can, you know, get some sort of edge that way. And it's an imperfect system, but it's a system that still isn't as enforced as it should be. And one of the big things about concussions that really uh, worries me uh, is the after, because everybody talks about, you know, yeah. the hit hit itself, the suspension, the fine, how long is he going to be out, and the timetable, which is usually not very specific. When it comes to a player like Cody Glass, I'm less worried about Cody Eakin, and even though his injury and, and the week-to-week status, like you said, Ben, is a little bit concerning. Mm-hmm. When you have a concussion, it's a very different type of injury versus like breaking something where you have a literal cast. I know everybody likes to use the "well, you don't have a cast," so of course it's hard. But there's an isolation period that follows concussions because you don't have an outwardly uh, obvious injury. And with Cody Glass being as young as he is, as new to this team as he is, it becomes very easy to kind of work yourself into a thought process bubble because you're not at the rink for practices sometimes because. It's not good for your eyes. You're supposed to be resting. The lights are not great. It depends on what symptoms you're having. No concu- two concussions are the same, and no symptoms are the same. But do you guys have a concern with young guys get, getting concussions and and basically isolating themselves and maybe kind of derailing some progress with Cody Glass specifically because he has started to take some strides. And while hopefully he only miss, he misses minimal time, yeah. if he's out for the next couple of weeks, do you think that this that It would be that disruptive enough in terms of his team, of his addition to team chemistry.
2: I mean, yes and no. Um, I mean, I should point out, you know, the Knights haven't officially said that Cody Glass has a concussion. But as you kind of hinted at, Lindsay, he was not at practice today. And Coach Jorgland said he wasn't at the facility today.
0: Wouldn't even be in the building.
2: So, Mm -hmm. you know, people can draw their own conclusions from that. But, you know, regardless, if Cody Glass is away from this team, I think you have to uh, at least question what's it going to be like for him when he gets back? Cause you just, the circumstances could change so much right. where he was last night before he got hurt was he was playing his natural position. He was playing center. He looked a lot more comfortable there in the middle of the ice. I talked to him Saturday, the day before the game about how he's like, I just see the ice so much better with it. When I'm in the middle, I have my head up. I know I can distribute to guys like Alex Tuck, who I'm playing a line with. He's got so much speed. You know, he seemed just really focused in that he was developing really well in that role. Now you have to wonder, okay, does Cody Eakin beat him back in the lineup? If so, does that mean when Cody Glass returns the lineup, all of a sudden he's playing right wing again instead of center? There's just so many moving parts here where I think what's a bummer if you're the Golden Knights is here's a rookie. He's their first ever draft pick, by the way. Mm -hmm. And he seemed to be coming along really nicely the past four games when he got back into his natural position. Now having that disruptive, I think, has to be disappointing for the team because you were kind of seeing the promise that you thought was there start mm-hmm. to show up. And the team was, too. I mean, Mark Stone, after the game last night, said, that kid's going to be one of our best players for a really long time.
1: Yeah. Pat right. said the same thing not too long ago, yeah. earlier on in the season.
2: Ryan Reeves basically echoed that today. I mean, a lot of guys in that locker room already have a ton of respect for right. Cody Glass. Right. And like I said, he was starting to show that on the ice. So having that kind of growth disruptive, I think, has to be disappointing.
1: I do think that... I'm not quite as worried about his growth or it being disrupted or anything like that, because something kind of similar happened last season to Elias Pedersen on the Vancouver Canucks. You yep. might remember Mike Matheson got, you know, he kind of dished out a hard hit to him on the, uh, in the I believe it was the end boards. And uh, he went down, he went through the concussion protocol. It really sucked. He said, yeah, I never want to go through that ever again. But now look at him. He's potentially one of right. the most dangerous young players in the game of hockey right now.
0: Right, and and when I say like uh, threatened to hit his kind of trajectory, I mean more in the sense where you go inside your own head, and all of a exactly. sudden, and yeah. that's where the thing because you are spending so much time alone and so much time just doing nothing because you're not supposed to watch TV, you're not supposed to look at screens. Mm-hmm. So that means no phone, no computer, no TV, no any of that. Right, and you're just basically there to sleep. Like I remember when I I had my worst concussion. They didn't want to take me out of school completely because the social aspect is so important. I'm glad that they knew that. And this is 10 years ago. So that right. was huge. We know a lot more about it now. But you, I would go to class for two hours. No homework, no writing, no anything. Because if I read a sentence, I would instantly forget it. And I'd have to restart. And I would go take a nap, go to a class, take a nap, go home, go to bed by 6. And that's what my day was. And that's what it was for a couple months. And that was a small like we we I've hear I've heard horror stories where people like Amanda Kessel had to deal with it for almost two years and right, still yeah. continue to play which I it blows my mind and that's a different conversation for a different day but there's so much to unpack with concussions but it's something that we definitely need to keep an eye on for Cody Glass to make sure. A, he's reintegrating uh, with the team really well when he is able to come back, and same with Cody Eakin, because both of them are important players for this team. Um, But also just keeping an eye on how these guys handle these things as they're working through the recovery process, because you can tell a lot based off of what you see those guys uh, when you see them in the limited capacity that we will. All right, let's take another breather here. It's time for our weekly super special Dump and Chase segment that always takes place during the 35th minute of the show. That's Ryan Quigley. The other guy is Ben Goetzman. My name is Lindsey Brown, your host always and forever. This is The Nightcap on CBS Sports Radio 1140 and streaming on the Radio.com app.
1: Time for a little dump and chase. The Nightcap on CBS Sports Radio 1140.
0: Welcome back. It is indeed time for the Dump and Chase segment that takes place each and every week on the Nightcap during the 35th minute, or at least we try to. Usually you run late the segment before, but that's okay. Uh, my name is Lindsay Brown, your host always and forever here on the Nightcap, and I am joined by my true t- trusty sidekicks, Ryan Quigley hello, hey! and Ben Goats. Yo, yo. And in case you haven't uh, hung out with us before, the Dump and Chase segment is basically where we each bring a random thought a random observation from the nhl from the golden knights from whatever that we just bring to the table to discuss much like a dump and chase uh play on the ice where you dump that puck all the way deep into the zone as you cross the red line and get off to to the bench to take a little bit of a breather so well ryan just took a drink ben why don't we start with you <laughs> yes
2: uh so the Board of Governors are meeting today for the NHL. One of the things that came out is that Seattle, the 32nd franchise in the NHL, is gonna announce their uh, official team name and logo in like February or March. And I am just so I can't wait. I'm just so fascinated to see what they do. It is such a sad, like little brother like experience, I feel like, for them, because they're following the Golden Knights who made the cup in their first season but i'm just so curious like are they going to be the sock which is a big rumor and for those of you who don't know what a sock is it's a salmon Though fish I, it's a
0: salmon it's a little fish
2: i do love like the double entendre where it's like it's a fish but also what do you do in hockey you,
1: you sock sometimes. them sometimes in the eye
0: and then you yeah oh i was Let's i thought you were going to go it. with the jessica simpson angle there for a second it's not chicken is it, is it fish or is it chicken
1: <laughs> i got all right so i do have i have to ask you guys whose name at that when they reveal the name whose name will be better the Seattle NHL team or the Vegas Golden Knights, who will have the better nickname?
2: See, I wasn't actually like crazy about... One, I wasn't crazy about only Vegas, not Las Vegas. I Agreed. wasn't crazy about just having Vegas. And I was not very on board with Golden Knights. That's like same. I know that's an <laughs> Army West Point thing for owner Bill Foley, but I was kind of meh on it. It just but- wasn't... It didn't feel right. The logo was good though, so the, the logo, great logo, great logo, fantastic. Logo. So that's helped out a lot. Where I think their primary logo is outstanding. I'm excited to see what Seattle's is. If it's a sock, I fine. I really want it to be the Kraken. Kraken, Kraken it must be Kraken.
0: Kraken. Kraken. I don't. Why is that
2: Kraken? You're, because right, then right. you skate out to release the Kraken. Exactly. You drop a giant exactly. squid from the sky. Lindsay, I know you exactly. have a good reason for it. You hire Lin- Liam Neeson to be there every game, saying it. It just it's, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. And you hire me for your marketing because I will get you a real sweet deal with the Kraken. Uh, is it. Uh, what kind of liquor is it? Some sort of. Uh, I believe it's alcoholic. whiskey. Whiskey. Yeah. Whatever it is, Liquor's I don't sponsored. drink it. Yeah. yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. It's, it's just ben fun. And drinks you know? milk. That would be a, such a fun thing. And, like, you got the Red Wings, they have the octopus, but that's not.
0: That's no, no, no. no. that's I just as that's part that's of corny. their fabric. Okay, whatever, do, 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 whatever. <laughs> no, they can have the octopus. They, we can have the Seattle team can have the squid for the Kraken, and, yeah. and the Golden Knights drop a helmet. So like, we can all drop things from the sky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm a big the
2: fan the of cracker. dropping things. From release, the release the
0: Kraken.
2: That needs to be played right. before every game. Seattle,
0: <laughs> do it. <laughs> just the
1: I, just <laughs> I just became a It just became a demon.
0: Yeah, you Kraken. Know, b- all right, we have chased Ben Ben segment way too far now. Uh Ryan, you're up. All right. So the
1: Winter Classic. They are now this year obviously is going to be between the Nashville Predators and the Dallas Stars. Awful
0: jerseys. Uh,
1: excuse me, the Dallas Stars jerseys absolutely beautiful. Thank you very much. So, uh, no. you may wanna, you know, just throw your bad opinions into the trash where they belong. Um, into your
0: house? <laughs> Why would I do that? That would not want to disrespect you like that.
1: So are you Oscar the Grouch? Now we're trying to figure out He's who's and you just said who will be getting the next winter classic next year. It appears that the Minnesota Wilds might finally be getting a winter classic!
0: Okay, so just for context, I'll let you get back to Ryan. Uh, Ben and I are both from Minnesota. In case you haven't heard, that's what we're talking about. We've never been awarded a Winter Classic because I don't know. We don't play hockey in Minnesota ever. And it's only a slight sore spot when it it comes to our sports ego. So without further ado, sorry, Ryan.
1: No, I mean, it's that would be really cool to have hockey back. An outdoor game in Minnesota, the Winter Classic, the best, most important outdoor game. Sorry, all uh, time. Sorry, Canada. The the no. whole Heritage Classic, Heritage classic. No. doesn't mean Scrubs. a single thing. No, that's Scrubs. the dumbest outdoor game. Um, yeah, no, it's going to be pretty awesome. It sounds like that's going to be the thing. Who's gonna be who are they gonna face? We don't know yet. But I swear to god, if it's Chicago, I'm diving into the Grand Canyon. It's rumored to
0: be Chicago and I share your opinion. I don't wanna see that. They did the they they played each other in the stadium series, they play each other constantly. Let's get somebody else. Saint Louis would be fun.
1: St. Louis would be that fun. That would be a lot of fun. I
2: think Winnipeg would be the- a really fun matchup that they will never yeah, do because tandem. they want that American I'll TV audience.
0: Yeah. Why not? Oh, do that two would years be fun too. And, yes. and that's really their natural rivalry besides yeah. Chicago. They've so. got some
2: good playoff history with the Avs. That'd be fun. Yeah. That
0: they do. All right. My little dump and chase contribution today is going to be about how everyone on Twitter was yelling about Will Carrier fighting last night. Cause it's what Ryan, Re- it's Ryan Reeves' job. Why are we paying him $2.75 dollars if he's not going to fight? We're going to send someone else. It's not Ryan Reeves' job to clean up every mess. And also,
1: you shouldn't be paying him that much money
0: anyway. Correct. So there's that. <laughs> but other than that, you need there isn't one person designated to stick up for your teammate. That needs to be on everyone. But if there's a natural first mate to uh, Ryan Reeves, is just boat of pain. It's Will Carry.
1: Carrier can. I, now I, I will say I'm not totally I'm blown away. Will
0: Carrier. My God, Paul is <laughs> infiltrating my brain. I'm not I'm sorry. blown away
1: by his fighting skills. I've seen him fight you before. Okay. He's not the best fighter, but man, he plays a tough, hard game, and he doesn't care. If some, if he feels like he needs to drop the gloves, he's going to do it. If yeah. you
0: think tussling like the, they did last night is easy and staying on your skates, no, that is a whole... Uh, he. But I. But like I said, I think that he's a natural second to to Ryan Reeves, and honestly, it was probably a better size matchup for the guy that he ended up fighting last night. So you don't want to send the boogeyman after every every child that happens to get a little mouthy. Well,
2: Ryan Reeves said uh, today because he got asked about it, you know, after practice, just like Reeves was like, he didn't want to fight me, like you did not want to fight. So he's like, what do you want me to chase him all the way around the ice and potentially get like a minor penalty, Brady
1: Kachuk or something?
2: Right, so. Reeves, like, we yeah. <laughs> knew one of us, like, someone had to fight him to make him answer for the hit, like, clearly it wasn't going to be me, because he was avoiding me, so Carrier stepped right. up. You
1: got to get the goon, Mark Stone, to go after.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's... The a, best fighter on the team, clearly. Yeah. Wild
2: Mark Stone is still just frightening. <laughs>
0: Hilarious. But, that, but that's what I mean, though, is, like, will Carrier not supposed to score goals, because he's a fourth liner, and that's a grind line? That's so dumb, I hate that, and I know that it's, it's a little bit different around here, but it's okay to have other people pick some battles yeah, and win some yeah. battles. And I just it drives me nuts when it's when people are like, Well, he's not doing his real job. Ryan Reeves does way more than fight. If you think he's just a fighter, you are not watching the same game we are. Because he's one of the for his size and I've said this several he times skates
1: pretty his freaking skating
0: well. ability for his size is Unbelievable! He should yeah. not be able to skate nearly as well. I'm not talking about speed. I'm talking about edge work, people, because that's what separates the people in the NHL these days. Not going north to south. It's whether or not you can keep that speed when you have to transition back and attempt a back check. Try right, it sometime. Right. You know.
1: Rethink that move, son.
0: <laughs> You're on fire today. I love it. All right. Well, that's pretty much it for our dump and chase segment here. As I said, it always occurs during the 35th minute of the nightcap each and every Monday, six to seven p.m. We have one final intermission to take before we send you off into the darkness. We'll retape our sticks, l- lace up our skates. But on the other side. We'll take a look at the next week or so for your Golden Knights. They have big games on their horizon this week and next, so we'll get you all ready and lathered up for those. My name is Lindsay Brown, your host always in favor. That's Ben, that's Ryan. This is The Nightcap on CBS Sports Radio 1140 and streaming on the Radio.com app. CBS Sports
1: Radio. The Nightcap. That's a night with a K, as in Golden Knights. Duh. On CBS Sports Radio 1140.
0: Welcome back to the final portion of this week's edition of the Nightcap. As Shakira said, whenever, wherever you can find any missed show Nightcap, anything hockey related on CBS Sports Radio 1140.com, on the radio. Dot, er, on the radio.com app or subscribing on Apple Podcasts, just search the include the the Nightcap right in that search bar and subscribe. My name is Lindsay Brown, your host, always and forever. And I'm joined by Ryan Quigley and Ben Goetz this evening. Hey. Hey. Hello. Hey. hello. And as we wrap things up here, we are just going to take a quick look ahead to the night's slate of games this week. And they are, they have a lot of games before Christmas, guys. They, they have a packed schedule and. Pretty sure they're all Western Conference opponents, so there are big time points up for grabs over the next couple weeks. And that first game starts tomorrow night against Chicago here at T-Mobile Arena. the The Blackhawks are twelve, twelve and six, thirty points, last in the Central. And you hate to see it three, five, and two in their last ten, <laughs> but they've beat the Golden Knights <laughs> the last time they were here. Yeah.
2: It was just a weird, like they kind of think the Knights got suckered into like just a straight up and down game, you know, trading scoring chances with the Blackhawks, and I don't think that's something you want to do when Patrick Kane's no, it's not the best. Tactic. I'm guessing the Knights, no. especially with their new kind of defensive system tweak. As Client likes to say, they're going to try to tighten
0: it up a little bit more tomorrow. And they will need to definitely figure out how to score goals because when the Blackhawks were here last time, Corey Crawford had himself a day. He did. And oh, yeah, guess who their other goalie is? Robin Leonard, who also <laughs> had himself a day only to be foiled in the final uh, seconds of the game when they played in the United Center and they ended up winning that thing in overtime. Nick so,
2: Holden, clutch goal.
0: So. Great thing, uh, that they're scoring at will right now, so it should be fine. Uh, uh, that's Tuesday. On Thursday, Knights are gonna be going on the road to the defending Stanley Cup champions. They are going to visit the St. Louis Blues, and it seems that Blues really haven't missed a beat since since last season because they are leading the Central Division and uh, are atop the Western Conference, or at least always in the, those first top three teams. They're 18-7-6 with 42 points.
1: Without Vladimir Tarasenko for the year, it's too. Which crazy to yeah, me. it is. No, it's nuts. Like, they've stepped up big time. Ryan O'Reilly, man, he has the potential to just say, like, oh, what, we're facing adversity? Cool. We're making the get playoffs. My back. I don't care. Yeah, Get yeah, up, here get up over here. I so, love Ryan O'Reilly as awesome. a player. And Have you seen his stick curve
0: before? Yes, we've talked about this several Have we? times. I love it. And I, I always counter I with, have you seen Joe Sackick's stick from back in the day? Because it was the made illegal. Illegal one, yeah. It was literally a lacrosse <laughs> stick. Like, you could just maybe make some sort of forward motion. It would automatically be like, bar down. Joe Sackick, who yeah. knows
1: us both by name. Yes, close great, personal friend. Great friend of the podcast. Close of the personal show, friend so. Joe Sackick. Yeah. See,
0: yes, absolutely. That's going to be a tall order. I, I can't really fault the Knights if they are unable to secure any points in that game. Although, it would be nice.
2: I'm looking forward to it. I'm actually on both games of this uh, road you, trip, so it'll be uh, great.
0: You are seeing Dallas, like, all of the time, because they are going to be playing Dallas in a b- second half of the back-to-back on that Friday night, and I think you were, you were last were Just ten. in Dallas,
2: so yeah. really getting to know the city.
0: Add away. way. Uh, Dallas is 17-11-3. They started slowly, but have definitely come on in the last few weeks or so. They have 37 points. Uh, first wild card position currently, fourth in the Central, and 6-3-1 in their last 10, and they've also won two in a row.
2: Yeah, they're really good. I think they've really started to figure it out after that slow start last year. A lot of those veteran guys that weren't producing for them at the beginning of the year are starting to heat up now, and then Ben Bishop.
0: Just unreal. Dude, Dude,
2: so freaking good. Just unreal. yeah.
0: And hopefully he can sustain that because he hasn't had that Vesna season yet, and at least a win. He almost he, had it. Last he's had. He's been in contention, but he's yeah. never been. He's never been able to really take hold of it and then secure it. He's always kind of lost it at the end. Uh, most of that came when he was playing with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Easy, to, a little bit easier to play goalie for them sometimes, but not really this year. So.
1: And also, I'm just looking forward to watch Miro Heiskanen. I just love that kid. He's one of my favorite young players. Yeah. in hockey, So no,
0: Dallas is definitely was uh, a big time playoff pick preseason. People were starting to get a little nervous when they they, yeah. they weren't playing really well, but they have definitely seemed to look like the team they were uh, foretold to be. And then the Gold Knights will return this Sunday uh, against, I think, the first time we're going to see them this regular season against the Vancouver Canucks, who have been definitely one of the stories of the Pacific Division in terms of they've. I think everybody expected them to take a step. I don't think everyone expected to take this big of a step. Right. Uh, Vancouver is 15-11-5, 35 points, so the same amount of points as the Golden Knights. They are in the second wild card position fourth the Pacific 1-4 in a row as of today. Obviously, they're going to have a couple of games before they see the Golden Knights, but that's a hell of a streak.
2: And they're right on the Golden Knights' heels, as you mentioned, the standings, too. Uh-huh. So that's a pretty important game that you're going to want to show up for if you're the Golden Knights. I'm still not sold on the Canucks goaltending, but... I mean, the young talent on that team, my goodness. Quinn Hughes, phenomenal defenseman. The Obviously. better
0: of the two is to be totally honest. Oh,
2: it's not even close. So far. He's right on Kale McCarr's heels mm-hmm. for the Calder. Mm-hmm. Right now, I think McCarr's in the lead, but Quinn yeah, Hughes is certainly a really good player. Pedersen, we've already talked about, great center. Brock Besser is having the season that I think a lot of people thought Brock from he's, he's hashtag one enough. of us.
1: The Canucks are, believe it or not, second in the conference in goals for with 103. Yeah, Bo so, Horvat's been really good this year. They know how year. to score in- some goals.
0: Insane. Yeah, that's what I mean, though. They, they, we everybody expects them to get better. They're kind of like the Coyotes in a way. Everybody expects right, them to get right. better, but it seems like they've taken, if not just one step, but one and a half, or even two, and definitely going to be one of those contenders with the Golden Knights at, down the stretch here for a playoff position. All right, that'll do it for us. on the nightcap. thank you to Ryan and Ben for joining me, and thank you to Mark. For making everything sound pretty darn good, you're on fire with the buttons today. Uh, we'll be back next Monday, six to seven, as we are each and every Monday for the Nightcap on CBS Sports Radio, eleven forty a.m. Cheers to you, cheers to me, cheers to us, and all will be. My name is Lindsay Brown, and this has been the Nightcap.
1: Okay,
2: picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.